Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, the World Juniors. This is Brad Lambert from Team Finland. I'm Oscar Olesen from Team Sweden. Hey, this is Dylan Grand. Hi, I'm Lane Hudson from the U.S. National Team. Dion Mishak. Fabian Lucell. Cole Perfetti. Hey, it's Jake Sampson. I play for Team USA. Major Junior. Hey, this is Matthew Kachuk of the London Knights. I'm Jonathan Yerudo from the St. John's Sea Dogs. Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. Hey, it's Alex Dabrinkit from the Erie Otters. Gerald Dubois from the Cape Breton Screen Eagles. It's Zachary LaRue from the Halifax Mooseheads. This is John Gunther of the Emerson Oil Kings. NCAA. Hey, this is Noah Hannafin from Boston College. Hey, it's Troy Terry from the Denver Pioneers. Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. This is Brock Faber from the University of Minnesota. It's Dylan Hollis from the Wisconsin Badgers. The NHL Draft. U.S. Lovkovsky from TPS. Hey, this is Kevin Krasinski of the Seattle Thunderbirds. Hey, guys, it's Cutter Goche from the U.S. National Team. Hi, it's Matt Savoy with the Winnipeg Ice. Hey, this is Sarah Manzel from Shaska High School. Nessa Goche, I play for the Quebec Ramparts. This is Ty Nelson from the North Bay Battalion. Hey, it's Dylan James from the Sioux City Musketeers. This is Rieger Lorenz from the Okotoks Oilers. And more. And welcome to the Pipeline Show. And this is the Pipeline Show. The Pipeline Show. Pipeline Show. Pipeline Show. The Pipeline Show. Good weekend. Welcome to another episode of the Pipeline Show. My name is Guy Flaming. It's a pleasure to be uh, joining you again this weekend. Thanks to all the newcomers who were giving the Pipeline Show a try. Of course, to all you returning listeners and a big shout out to the patrons at patreon.com who keep the show going. The show is uh, made by a prospect junkie and it's made for uh, fans of uh, junior and college hockey and uh, patrons. Couldn't do it without your... Uh, ongoing support so i really appreciate that go to patreon.com slash the pipeline show title sponsor of the pipeline show is wilhock beef jerky it's alberta's best i would say it's the planet's best beef jerky if you've never tried it do yourself a favor if you're in western canada you can get it go to wilhockbeefjerky.com w-i-l-h-a-u-k beefjerky.com there are three locations in the edmonton area if you're around these parts you can go to leduc or spruce grove or into West Edmonton Mall and get it at the kiosk just outside of the ice rink. Now, we've got lots we're going to get to today. i got three guests for you. Two of them are draft-eligible players, both of them in the WHL, both going to the CHL Top Prospect game next week. Uh, both could potentially be first-round picks. But let's get right to the news and notes. We haven't done this for a while, so let's go through each of the leagues that we basically focus on here. Look at the top scores from each league and some of the rankings that are out there as well we'll start with the chl and the top 10 this week coming into this weekend's play the winnipeg ice are the number one ranked team in the chl followed by the quebec rampart and the seattle thunderbirds the ohl's top club are the ottawa 67s coming in in the number four spot halifax is five and you've got north bay kamloops saskatoon windsor gatineau is your number 10 team. Honorable mentions this week go to Portland, Sherbrooke, and the Barry Colts. Top scorers out of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. The top two are both with the Halifax Mooseheads. That would be Jordan Dume and Alexander Doucette, who they picked up before the trade deadline. Also of note, uh, Zachary LaRue is back playing, has been for a while now, and he's uh, uh, putting up the points as you would expect. He's just got to stop getting suspended. Zachary Bolduc from Quebec and Theo Rochette also from the Rampart, uh, they are 3-4 and four with 69 and 65 points, respectively. Justin Gill from Sherbrooke has 64 in the number 5 spot. Top goalies in the queue, William Russo, Nathan Darvo, Samuel Saint-Alaire, Francesco Lapena, and Mathis Rousseau from Quebec, Victoriaville, Sherbrooke, Gatineau, and Halifax, respectively. Sliding over to the Ontario Hockey League, you got your stats leaders in the OHL. Ty Voigt, who has led much of the season in the uh, scoring race, is number one. He's got 62 points, but Logan Morrison of the Ottawa 67s, recent trade acquisition there, he has 61 points, so a really tight race. Matthew Maggio from the Windsor Spitfires has 58. Colby Barlow, who has 57 points, and is tied with Matt Petrov with 57 points as well. Been trying to get Colby Barlow on the show for the last number of weeks, potentially after the... Uh, Top prospect game. We'll see. Goaltenders of note in the OHL this season. Max Donoso with the Ottawa 67s. 
Then you got Michael Simpson with Peterborough, Dom DeVicentis with North Bay, Brett Brochu of the London Knights, and Joey Costanzo plays for the Windsor Spitfires. I wonder who's leading the WHL in scoring. Oh, it's that Bedard fella. He has 78 points. Andrew Crystal is next. So is Zach Benson. They both are tied for second. 62 points. There's a 16-point gap from Bedard down to Crystal and Benson. Uh, Neither one of those two played in the World Junior Championship like Bedard did. So even with three weeks out of the league, uh, he has a massive lead in the scoring race. Riley Height from the Prince George Cougars is next with 58, and Austin Roost with the Everett Silvertips is 57. Your top goalies right now uh, by goals against average in the WHL. Austin Elliott of the Saskatoon Blades, followed by Rhett Stoser, who's taken over the net from uh, Kyle Kelsey in Red Deer uh, due to injury. Kyle Kelsey actually comes in at number five, though. And in between the two-headed monster in Seattle, Scott Ratzleff and Thomas Millich, with almost identical numbers, 228 and 229 goals against averages between the two of them. The Canadian Junior Hockey League, the uh, Junior A loop, nine leagues across Canada, the uh, top 20. Let's just do the top 10. How about uh, Battlefords out of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, still the number one ranked team in the CJHL. At Terrebonne, the Cobras are number two. The Brooks Bandits out of the AJHL are three. The OJHL come in at four and five with Toronto and Collingwood. Then the CCHL's top club is the Ottawa Junior Senators at number 6. The Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League's first place, uh, Greater Sudbury Cubs. Back to the AJHL for the Spruce Grove Saints. Then you've got Steinbach and Portage, both out of Manitoba, uh, rounding up the top 10. Top scorers in the USHL, as you would expect, a lot of them coming from the Chicago Steel. In fact, the top three all do. Jack Harvey leads the USHL with 44 points. Michael Emerson and Max Celebrini are next with 39 and 38. Then uh, Ryan Walsh from Cedar Rapids comes in with 36. And uh, three players with 35. Miko Matika from Waterloo. Mason Marcellus from the Lincoln Stars. And Nick Moldenauer uh, from the Chicago Steel, all with 35 points. And coming into this weekend's play, the Fargo Force, still the number one team in the USHL with 45 points and a winning percentage of 726. Dave Andrewchuk still continues to lead the North American Hockey League in scoring. He's got 50 points. Teammate Paul Minahan is next with 45, and Hunter Longi is uh, right with him with 45. I might be butchering that name. It might be Longi, might be Longhi. Not sure. L-O-N-G-H-I. So I apologize to him uh, for butchering his name here each week. Jack LaRusso has 42 points, and Christian Catalano, who has uh, been on the show this year, he has 50 points for the Maryland Black Bears. Finally, the uh, top 20 in the USCHO poll for the NCAA, Quinnipiac is uh, the number one ranked team coming into this weekend, getting 39 first place votes out of, what is it, 51, I think, 50? Anyway, the Minnesota Golden Gophers are two, and you've got Denver with three, and St. Cloud uh, our fourth, all of those teams received at least one first-place vote in the poll. The rest of the way goes Boston University at five, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Harvard, Western Michigan is now number 10, Merrimack, Providence, Connecticut, Michigan Tech, and Michigan State to your 15. And then you have uh, Cornell, Minnesota State, Boston College, the UMass Lowell Riverhawks, and RIT Tigers holding down the number 20 spot. All guests join me courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline. Get to Red Deer, go check out the tap room. And if you can't do that, just go to your local liquor store in Alberta because Troubled Monk is available to each and every one of them. You can also go to your uh, many grocery stores throughout Alberta and check it out because they, they have craft sodas as well. I've taken to the Saskatoon soda. It's, I don't drink a lot of pop because I find them too sweet. Not the case here with the uh, Saskatoon soda from Troubled Monk. I find it delicious. So may want to check that out. They've also got root beer and orange and ginger ale. My wife likes the ginger ale. But of course the go-to are the craft beers. And you can get a wide sampling of those. Go to troubledmonk.com shop. See what's right for you. All right, the three guests you're going to hear from today, we're going to start with Jordan McAlpine from The Rink Live. First time he's been on the show. Won't be the last time. Now covering the USHL for the Rink Live. 
And this past week, the uh, BioSteel All-American game was held in Plymouth, Michigan. Sort of the USHL's top prospect game, which is one of the things that we talk about because it's it's not all the best players out of the USHL. It's a little weird because it's only it's restricted to only Americans. You go back like five or six years ago, there used to be an All-American game like in the fall, and then there would be a USHL top prospect game in January or February. And that one would include the Europeans and the Canadians in the league. But since then, they've kind of mashed the All-American game and the USHL games into one and limited it to only Americans, which kind of sucks. But it's still a showcase event uh, for the NHL draft, so uh, we'll... uh, We'll get Jordan McAlpine's opinion on who stood out and who didn't, and uh, if it's a big deal that they did or didn't. We'll talk about that with him. Uh, Then we'll turn on the 2023 draft spotlight for the other two segments today. We're going to get to know Nate Danielson from the Brandon Weekings, who's a right-handed centerman who was uh, slotted to go in the first round. And then we will speak with Cohen Ziemer of the Prince George Cougars, another guy who could go in the first round. Now, they're both out of the WHL, obviously. Brandon and Prince George, they're both going to the CHL Top Prospect game. They're both actually coming through Edmonton this weekend, so it's a little self-serving. We can use these uh, two interviews during our broadcast. And uh, I know Troy Gillard and Red Deer is probably going to do the same thing because they come through uh, Red Deer on their way to Edmonton. Anyway, so we've got a big show for you loaded with great guests, and uh, let's get right to it. Jordan McAlpine is up first from the rink live talking with the All-American Prospect game. You're listening to The Pipeline Show, brought to you by Willock Beef Jerky. Deals inside of the net, and he scores! There it is. History made in Dubuque tonight, and it comes just a minute and a half into the first period, and Stephen Halliday is the Tier 1 scoring leader. Hey, this is Stephen Halliday. I play on the Dubuque Fighting Saints, and this is The Pipeline Show. Since 1965, Wilhawk Beef Jerky has provided fresh, top-quality beef jerky made with 100% Alberta beef. From your very first bite, you'll understand that real jerky isn't found at the convenience store. It's tender, full of flavor, with just a hint of subtle spices. Wilhawk's jerky is aged, seasoned, and marinated to lock in the flavors, and then smoked to perfection. Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It might just be the best you've ever tasted. Try for yourself. Search W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. And boom goes the dynamite. All right, we're back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, and we're going to begin this week's episode getting to know the USHL a lot more. And uh, finally, we get to track down a, a guy who is actually covering the USHL, and that's been problematic uh, from at least from this side of the border to find somebody who does that on a regular basis so pleased to be joined now by jordan mcalpine uh, from the rink live uh, jordan welcome to the pipeline show great to meet you how are things good thanks for having me on Guy. I, w- I was gonna say uh usl coverage you know hasn't uh, hasn't exactly grown on trees here for a little bit so definitely uh Excited to get going on the beat. I know uh, le- less than a weekend, but it's such a uh, untapped potential and a lot of talent in that league. So excited to uh, hit the ground running here. I'm in Canada, obviously. So coverage of the USHL is pretty sparse up here as it is. But to find people in the U.S. who cover the USHL has been a bit of a challenge. Do you find that that's a, a league that is undercovered? Uh, I have the last couple of years, but I, I will say especially uh with the development program and you, you look at Adam Fantilli or the amount of kind of higher picks and talent that have come through the last few years, I'm uh, you're starting to see that coverage grow. But at the same time, in terms of a, a full-time, a full-time perspective or full-time beat, I know it's uh, not too many of them out there, which I know here at the rink live, definitely uh, excited that we've kind of put the priority and emphasis on it to, uh, be able to grow that coverage but yeah it's uh it's the same down uh south of the border if you will where the uh the coverage here again it's better than it has been in the past but at the same time there's still a lot of room for it to grow that's i appreciate it's hard to find people who cover the ushl i don't know what why that is but it's 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 a bit of a challenge from up here anyway 
I'm on day four on the day five on the beat. So I actually i <laughs> I was covering Omaha in college, obviously, um, and then I went to work covering Nebraska football for the past six months. I want to say okay, um, six eight months, and the Rink Live, which I don't know if you're very familiar with them. It's based out of Fargo. Um, yep. It's kind of a high school, junior, college ranks that uh, Raj Slossman and Matt Wellens, who right there and I were really close, and they had kind of kind of mentioned something that they were looking for a, a new writer, and then I got linked up with a couple of the, the GMs and higher-ups at the company nice. that uh, from, from the first time that I talked to them to the time that the job was a done deal, I want to say was in less than a week. So it, uh, it came up out of nowhere, but I, I started on Friday and a day and a half into the job, I was on a plane to Detroit and then going up to Plymouth. So it's been, uh, been a little bit of a uh, hard to catch my breath, I guess the last couple of days of reading up on the league. And as I'm sure you can appreciate, uh, making the rounds and getting to getting to know a new group of coaches and GMs and people like that. But at the same time, the, uh, USHL is such an untapped market that I'm kind of looking at it. It's a great opportunity to grow it. All right. Well, I'm glad that uh, you're there so I can give you a call from time to time. <laughs> Any, anytime. <laughs> you're on the beat now, and uh, right away you get to go to the USHL. I was going to say the top prospect game. It's basically that, but it's the All-American game uh, in the United States held in Plymouth mm -hmm. this year. Uh, what was that game like for you? And maybe going into it, what were your expectations? Yeah, no, it was uh, def definitely an exciting time. Uh, you get that much talent. I mean, we're, we're looking at a handful of potential first round picks, a lot of draft picks. And you, you look at the line charts, you, you see the Michigans, the Denver's, the Harvard's, the North Dakota's, so on and so on. You're uh, big time, primetime college hockey programs that uh, it's, it's all that talent under one roof, whether it's media scouts, obviously all the uh, NHL executives, and then all the USHL um GMs, coaches, owners, everything that's under one roof there. It's a, uh, it's an exciting time. And I know for me personally, just to uh, kind of, I guess, start off on the beat to go into that with the uh, BioSteel All-American game. It was a, uh, it was a fun time. A uh, lot, lot of talent, a lot of hockey brains under, again, under one roof. But it was, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's a game where going into it, You've got a lot of kids that really don't have anything to lose, but everything to gain, or everything to gain, if you will, um, with those commitments set, and obviously looking ahead towards the draft this summer. But um, I know Will Smith is one of the storylines, probably a potential first-round pick this season. Scores the two goals, the assist, gets the most valuable player award. I'm sure we'll get into more specifics here in a minute, but just uh, a lot of guys up and down that list there that uh, kind of impressed and. It's no surprise that they're at that game just with the talent that they bring. All right, I'm going to ask you about some specific players, and Will Smith will be one of them. Uh, I just noticed looking at the box score, there was only 1,300 people there. Was that that surprises me a little bit that this was such a, a high-profile game, uh, and yet there wasn't a whole lot of fans. Does that surprise you? you? You know, that that is one thing that I actually uh, have talk, talking to a few scouts and stuff during the intermission that was, uh, w was in conversation, if you will, that – I'll, I'll be bluntly honest from uh, from myself, not as being on the USHL beat, obviously the last couple of years, or or paying as much attention to this event in the past. That uh, it it kind of kind of caught me off guard. You uh you get that with with the amount of talent. I'm I'm sure it's got to be a hockey fan's dream, especially for for junior hockey fans. You've got Ann Arbor right down the road there for Michigan fans, Detroit. And that state being as much of a hotbed for it, it uh, it caught me off guard. There was there was no shortage of uh, of suits and ties, if you will, mm -hmm. with the uh, the scouts and the executives and everything in the building. But yeah, from a uh, from a fan perspective, if I'm if I'm being bluntly honest, I would say I expected there to be a a little bit more. But for uh, for those in attendance, they uh, obviously got their eyes on some of the kids that they'll uh, they'll be seeing down the road here at those uh, those top schools and potentially in the NHL. Jordan McAlpine uh, covers the USHL for the Rink Live. He's my guest here on the Pipeline Show. We're going to go over what happened at the uh, Biosteel All-American uh, uh, game ahead of the uh, NHL draft. Well, the NHL draft still several months away, and lots can change. But <laughs> this is a one-game thing, so talk about small sample sizes. But you want to, you if you're one of the players involved, you want to do something that stands out. 
Well, I think it's safe to say without Will Smith with two goals and an assist, player of the game, uh, I think it's safe to say he stood out. Yeah, no, it definitely. Uh, there, there's a reason Will Smith is the third highest ranked North American skater in Central Scouting's list, and uh, I know that that top line with all three Boston College kids, Gabe Perot and Ryan Leonard, side by side of him. That uh, with, whether it's at the the U18 level, international level, they've uh, they've kind of rose to the occasion in every sense, if you will. But with uh, with Will specifically. I know, uh, obviously, you're, you're talking a right shot center. He's got the potential to play either down the middle or the wing in the future. Um, he's got the speed, and obviously, whether it's the the penalty shot, uh, beating the going glove side to score that goal there, and then just throughout the game, he does a lot of little things. And here again, it's you, you said it perfectly. It's one game at such a small sample size, but with any of these uh, NTDP kids, you, you see them so much throughout the course of the season that uh, – scouts will get ample opportunity to uh, assess every part of the game. And I, I think Will Smith is one of those kids similar to the guys side by side with him that, uh, that check a lot of the boxes and it's uh, it's no shocker that we're talking about them with uh, Will specifically getting that player of the game honor. I know uh, in years past at this game, they it used to be the, the development program team against an all-star team, basically from the rest of the USHL. Now yep. they're, now they're mixing the rosters. Uh, I don't want to lead the witness. Personally, I like that more, uh, that they uh, have mixed the two teams because I think it's an unfair advantage for one team that plays together for a, basically two years uh, to take on a, an all-star team. But uh, do you like that change as well? Yeah, no, I, I actually uh, – I know they started doing that uh, last season, if I'm not mistaken, with it for the first time. But uh, obviously it worked and came back and did it again. And even, obviously, you, you put it perfect uh, – you don't want to have those lopsided rosters, but mm. I think it adds a little bit of a, a unique wrinkle, if you will, with uh, the the MTDP kids that have grown up playing together in a lot of cases these last few years to uh, to be going head to head. But at the same time, you get a lot of different line combinations. You get to see how that chemistry mixes together, and it uh, it it in a way it gives a chance for some of these kids to uh, to flourish and prove it's not a byproduct of the guys around him if you will where you've you've got that mixture and obviously so many of these ushl kids the last couple of years have shown they've got the talent to be playing at that same level and if you uh interchange it and mix it all together i actually think it makes for a much better uh or much more entertaining if you will product out on the ice yeah i agree all right other than will smith uh, who stood out from uh, your viewing yeah, no, there, there's a couple guys. Uh, one, speak, speaking of uh, top-line centers, uh, I'll, let's go right off the bat with the opposite side. Uh, Oliver Moore gets the scoring started about five minutes in. Beautiful shot, puts it over Trey Augustine, who a lot of people uh, I think consider to be the one one of, if not the top, goalie prospect here stateside. Um, had a good year, but Oliver Moore beats him there. Moore, I want to say either five or six in the uh, – North American midterm rankings, but Minnesota kid, Minnesota commit. Obviously, it's uh, it's forty. He's got forty-five points this season coming into it too. That the the scoring production is is not lacking from the game. And even talking to uh, Nick Oliver after the game, who is his head coach, if you uh, if you watch Oliver more, it's the speed and some of the little things he does around the puck that uh, you you've seen that throughout the course of the full season too. But here again, that was on display in the bio steel game. Um, another two more guys will shift back to the blue line. Zeev Booyam, I know uh, his brother Shy gets a lot of the attention over the past couple of years. Detroit draft pick. He's at Denver, and I know uh, Zeev isn't draft eligible till 2024, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, held his own out there. I know he scores the goal in the game. Um, offense has obviously long been a uh, a big part of the game of so many of these development camp or team USA defensemen. And he's a, uh, he's no different. I know he's a five foot 11, just under 170 pounds that uh, skates well speed out in the ice. And I, I honestly think that's the kid we're going to be talking about here in a couple of years of uh, being following in shy's footsteps, if you will, and making a name for himself. And then uh, the other kid flies a little bit under the radar to a lot of people. And we're actually, uh, it might be up now or it'll definitely be up when, uh, when this podcast is out have a uh, big feature in him coming out in the rink live, but Eric Polkamp, a uh, defenseman from Cedar Rapids, mm. having a really good year in the USHL this season. Um, 
granted, we're we're not talking any type of a, a blue chip or can't miss prospect. Just someone in the later rounds to keep an eye on. But he's a uh, he's really rising to the occasion this season with Cedar Rapids. Started the year not on uh, any type of projections or draft rankings, and up into the uh, low 120s now um, for North American skaters. But Polkamp's got 31 points this season. 17 of them have come on the power play. He's uh, really added a little bit of an offensive wrinkle to his game while playing the same physical, hard-nosed style. Uh, in the BioSteel game, he gets an assist, makes a couple nice hits and strong defensive plays out there. And I know he's a guy that uh, at the uh, World Junior A's on short notice went up there as a fill-in and ended up being on the all-tournament team for it. So he's uh, he's getting some eyeballs and catching some attention around the league that here again, I don't know... Uh, I don't know we're exactly going to be talking a, uh, a can't-miss guy at the top, but he's definitely someone who's impressed me in the uh, the short period covering the league here, and I think it's a name we'll be hearing next summer. Well, that's good. Sounds like a guy who's uh, taking advantage of the, the big showcase event opportunities uh, when they come his way. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly the case, and it's one of those, uh, I know he kind of joked about it, where <laughs> not he uh, might be a little bit of the diamond in the rough per se, but uh, when you get those opportunities, you want to show out and make a good name for yourself there, and he's done exactly that. Now, it is a small sample size, so there will be guys who were in this game who maybe they just had an off night. They didn't get any points. Maybe they didn't stand out. But uh, guys like William Whitelaw and Andrew Strathman both played for the Youngstown Phantoms. I know they played in the Holinka Gretzky Cup for the United States in the off season and had good tournaments then, uh, but no points in these games. Did did they? Was it just an off night, or did they show stuff in the game and just didn't hit the score sheet? Yeah, well, Whitelaw. I would say of uh, of those guys, Whitelaw was probably the most um, noticeable. I know he was on uh, on Team Blues line with uh, Brandon Svoboda and Ethan Whitcomb, who's a uh, Omaha commit there. But uh, with with Whitelaw specifically, he's uh, the offensive part of the game. I know five foot nine, kind of a uh, undersized. Speedy winger, but makes uh, makes up for it. He uh, Strathman, I guess to look at it big picture with this, I uh, I definitely think he's got probably the best track record the last couple of years of putting up the points he has in the USHL. I know he's a uh, North Dakota commit, and a lot of a lot of upside, and a lot of people are high on him. But it's uh, here again to go back to the thing I said at the start. It's it's one of those games where you, you don't have a ton to lose, but you got everything to gain that. Uh, I don't think by by having a a quiet night or an off night, if you will, that it's uh, any time to hit the panic button. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say uh, any of the kids exactly jumped off the page or were super noticeable, but I I would say Whitelaw, Whitelaw definitely of the three uh, probably had the best thing or best game. And the uh, the other thing I would add to that of uh, (laughs) disappointment, I I saw a few people on Twitter or a few people in the uh, the mentions after the game saying stuff about the goaltending and those situations of uh dis- disappointment that we're uh we're talking a uh, an all-star game in a sense of the imagination that I don't think you can nitpick and critique uh too too much on whether it's defensive uh breakdowns or anything in the defensive zone that it's a small sample size and here again I don't know if it's a a true fair sample size of what you're going to be seeing in kids on a nightly basis well Speaking of the goaltending, what did you think? Uh, I, I, it is a tough situation to, to be, a, you know, have a good performance in basically an all-star game. But what do you think of the 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 five goaltenders who played? Yeah, I, I would say uh, without a doubt, both both in that in that game without a doubt, Jacob Fowler was the best of the group. The uh, Youngstown goaltender, and it was a Melbourne, Florida native that's really making a name for himself this year. He's uh he's up in the top top seven of the uh, North. North American goalies on potential scouting's list and having a good year in Youngstown. I know the uh, two nights before the BioSteel game puts together a 43 save shutout to uh, really cap off a good stretch of hockey for him, riding momentum. And he uh, let in a goal, but of uh, of the goaltenders that we saw up in Plymouth, I would say he was the most consistent. Trey Augustine obviously uh, did, did his thing again that by no surprise that he's uh, – here again, let, let's in the goal to Oliver Moore early, but by no surprise that he's considered the uh, the goalie prospect that he is. And then kind of a uh, fun fun little nugget with it, there was uh, two kids in that entire game that are not committed to college, and uh, both of which come between the pipes, and Jack Spicer and Carson Musser. And I know uh, 
the uh, the box score at the end of the game might uh, might not look the best with the goals against and all that, but I I do think in both both kids' situations, considering uh, considering the talent they were facing and the uh, the amount of eyeballs and spotlight on that game, that they had a good show in there. Uh, lastly, uh, Jordan, and I appreciate your time. Uh, this is it's not quite a USHL All Star game because there's a lot of players in the USHL who are highly ranked, but they don't happen to be American, so they don't get to play in a showcase event like this. Whether exactly. they're whether they're Canadian or whether they're uh, Europeans that are there, and certainly some of the goaltenders uh, in the league right now, you would think would be in a game, uh, an All Star game for the USHL. Is that something you think? stays this way that it's just going to be american players moving forward or it seems like a an opportunity a lost opportunity to showcase your league better by omitting a number of your top players yeah i personally for the time being i do see it stay in that way just um i mean right off the top we're playing at team usa or usa hockey arena you're playing a uh, u.s developmental program i think uh, and this is just me talking, but I do think another appeal of the game on that aspect is uh, to showcase the top American talent. You uh, you got the NHL Network audience. You've got all the attention on that game. Uh, you want you want a good showing, and you want to uh, maximize and cash in on the opportunity of having your best players there. But I mean, here again, go down the USHL. I know we've got a Amico Matika right at the top, Jaden Perron, who's having a really good year for the Chicago Steel. Several international goalies. I know uh, Kevin Tachet, Junior, Michael Harabo is with Omaha. That's another uh, potential potential high pick between the pipes. That mm-hmm. here, like you said it yourself, a lot of kids that we could uh, see in that game and get the exposure. But at the same time, I, uh, I I don't know. I have a hard time seeing that one changing here going forward. Were there any players in this game who weren't in the USHL, even if they're American? Like, there's a lot of high school kids or North American Hockey League players who might be able to factor in but was there anybody like that from uh from those leagues in this game this year yeah off the top of my head i'm trying to think of who all was added i i don't think so i'm i'm about 90 about 99 percent sure that everybody was okay. either from the ushl team or uh i know they had the entire um u18 uh ntdp roster there yeah and obviously the uh the last last day or two beforehand, there were a couple injury additions and different roster changes and that sort. But every uh, everybody that came through that was uh, was added from another USHL roster. So, but it's, no, it's definitely an interesting question. Well, Jordan, listen, I appreciate your time and your insight into the uh, All American uh, prospect game, and uh, I hope you don't mind if I call you again, especially as we get closer to the playoffs. Yeah, well, sounds good. I appreciate it, Guy. Don't uh, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm happy to join any time. Jordan McAlpine from The Rink Live, a new guy to call here on the Pipeline Show as we're uh, looking to get more coverage of the USHL, or at least somebody that does cover the UHL. Got a couple of regulars uh, that will uh, come by and do that for us, but uh, Kristen Krull has moved on uh, from The Rink Live, so needed somebody new. Well, why not get the new guy at The Rink Live, and that is Jordan McAlpine. I get that it's called the All-American Game, and it's because they're all Americans in the game. That's obvious. It just seems like the USHL is kind of missing out on an opportunity to showcase itself and how good it is by leaving out a lot of the players that make it as good as it is just because they don't have American passports. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Next up on the program, two back-to-back segments uh, that are 2023 draft spotlights. We're going to get to know a couple of players who are draft eligible this year. Both of them will be playing in the CHL Top Prospect game coming up next week. Both of them are in the WHL. Up first, Nate Danielson of the Brandon Wheat Kings. He joins me next via the Troubled Monk Hotline right here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Willock Beef Jerky. Broken up and then taken by Prop. Threw into the zone. He's on a breakaway. Look out. Short-handed. Score! Three short-handed goals and a hat trick for Brian Prop. Holy cow. Welcome to Flyers Hockey on this Sunday. Hi, this is Brian Prop, former Brandon Wheat King, and you're listening to the Pipeline Troll. Talent, development. 
NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goalie. Score. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious me! Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Continuing on with the Pipeline Show this week, as we get set, we're going to turn on the 2023 Draft Spotlight for this and the next segment as well. Talk to a couple of players who are both draft eligible, both playing in the CHL Top Prospect game next week, and they're both in the WHL as well. Quick reminder that the Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. Uh, Three locations in the Edmonton area. Uh, but you can have it shipped to you anywhere in Western Canada. Go to wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Uh, my first of two back-to-back uh, 2023 draft spotlights is going to feature Nate Danielson of the Brandon Weekings, who joins me now, courtesy of the Troubled Monk Hotline. Nate, uh, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me, first of all, and uh, I'm doing how well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's not my NHL draft year, though, so uh, a little bit more interesting uh, to hear how your your season is going than uh, than mine. That's for sure. This year, this year on paper, stats wise and everything, are you pretty happy with the way things have gone? Yeah, obviously, it's stats wise is one part of the game, but I think overall, just with my first half for first half of a little bit of the season, it's been it's been a pretty good year and. Obviously still looking to build off of it here in the second half, but I'm pretty satisfied with it so far. 54 points right now through 41 games. I don't know what your expectations were at the start of the year. Are you one of those types of guys who says, I want to get this many goals or try to get these many points? Uh, nothing really makes like, sense stone for goals, like how many I want or how many points I want or anything like that. But I think I just sort of have expectations set upon myself or just more every five or ten games sort of more short-term goals and I think just sort of trying to build on those is sort of how I have gone through the whole season. Well you had 57 points last year through 53 games uh, and you're almost to those numbers already. You got a busy weekend three games in three days uh, through Alberta and Calgary Red Deer and Edmonton so uh, would I would imagine you're uh, looking to get uh, match last year's totals in much fewer fewer games than last year so you're playing pretty well. Uh, the team right now, if the playoffs started tomorrow, the Weekings would not be in the playoffs. So you got some work to do. How much scoreboard watching do you guys do right now, or do you just try to focus on what you guys do night to night? Uh, yeah, obviously, it's sort of getting to that time where it's sort of getting to that crunch time where you sort of have to be looking at the scoreboard. But I think ultimately, it's sort of just we have to focus on our team. And uh, I think just every night we're just trying to get that win and get that two points and push push ourselves back in the playoff spot. So. Uh, yeah, like I said, mostly just focus on our team ourselves. Is it a pretty fine line uh, in the WHL between a, a loss and a win, a, a win and a loss, and it, you know, just a, a ten-minute lapse or something like that could be really costly. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of these players are really skilled, and everyone's a good player. So I think that even a five-minute lapse in a game can cost you. So I think it's a it's a big thing for our team this year, trying to play full sixty and. We've definitely had some games this year where we've taken little laps like that, and it's costed us. Nate, uh, I know there's been some change with the the roster over the course of the season, and since you've certainly uh, when you first joined the team three years ago, uh, that the your line mates I, I assume have changed over the course of your time with the, with Brandon. Who you've been playing with uh, for the most part this year? Uh, I've been playing with Rosma a lot, and then I was recently I was with Chase on for quite a while there, and then. The deadline, he got traded, unfortunately. Uh, tough mm-hmm. to see him go, but uh, we brought in, I'm playing with Pasternak now, which he's a really good and small, fast and skilled player, so he's been a lot of fun to sort of build some chemistry with the start. How do you do that? Uh, with a new guy coming to the team, new line mate like that, when you had chemistry with Jake Chason, uh, how do you make sure that uh, it, you know, it, it's not a step back for the team? Yeah, obviously it's going to be different playing with someone new and sort of getting to know how they play and uh, what they're like. But he's, uh, like I said, he's really smart and he's a really skilled player. So 
pretty easy to sort of gel with them. And I think we've done a pretty good job uh, getting to know each other and uh, it's going well so far. I mentioned at the start, uh, three games in three days here uh, coming up through Alberta. So you got travel and a, a pretty busy schedule. How do you handle that from a rest and sort of, I don't imagine there's going to be a lot of practices uh, during that stretch, but you got to travel between each game. Uh, how do you handle that just from a, a perspective of making sure that you're, you know, mentally sharp and physically ready for those games? Yeah, obviously it's the trial and everything like that. It's tough and, uh, but it's something that everyone that plays in the WHL has to go through and deal with. So I don't think it's really something that we have to uh, worry about too much. I think just sort of mentally being ready for each game and then obviously physically, uh, our trainer does a good job of keeping us ready and stuff like that and getting us warmed up and cooled down. So I think physically they sort of do a good job of managing all that stuff and take care of that for us. And then just mentally we're, uh, we have to do a good job of staying in each and every night. I imagine the games in Red Deer you get pretty excited for. Are those ones circled on the calendar at the start of the year? That's your, that's your hometown, so you get to play at the Centrum. I'm sure you got lots of friends and family that come out. Yeah, for sure. I think for anyone just playing their hometown, it's obviously pretty special. Uh, growing up in Red Deer, I always watched the Rebels games, and they were it was a pretty big influence on my hockey career and everything like that. So it's obviously pretty special to get to come back and play there. Nate Danielson is my guest. He's a uh, forward with the Brandon Wheat Kings out of the uh, WHL. And uh, this part of the show, Nate, what we like to do is let the audience get to know somebody that's draft eligible like you are. Uh, the Pipeline Show is a junior college hockey show, so my regular audience will know all about the Wheat Kings, uh, and they'll, they'll probably know a lot about you already. But there will be a lot of casual NHL fans who don't pay any attention to junior hockey. Uh, they'll listen to a segment like this just because you're so highly touted for the NHL draft. So for the benefit of that uh, segment of uh, the listeners right now, uh, let's start at the beginning. I mentioned you're from Red Deer. I know you were drafted really high in the WHL Bantam draft, but even before that, how'd you get into hockey? Who got you excited about playing hockey? Uh, just from a young age, I think I started skating when I was three or four, but my dad, he was a hockey player and he loves the game, but I think mainly the biggest reason I got into it was sort of just my brother who was two years older than me he mm-hmm. was playing hockey and I think just he was probably the biggest influence on me at a young age and I sort of just wanted to be like him and that's sort of how I got into it and then obviously my dad being a hockey player growing up too he uh, would always run us through different drills and outdoor rink and everything like that and he sort of got me and my brother both into it. Older brother Noah plays in the WHL as well. I know he's in the AJ now with the uh, Drumheller Dragons, but uh, did you get a chance to cross paths and play against each other a, a couple of times? He in Medicine Hat, you with the Wheaties? Yeah. Well, my first year was the bubble year, so unfortunately we didn't get to that year. But right. last year we got to play against each other a couple of times, which is pretty special to be able to play against him. as is my first really time ever playing against him, so that was pretty special for me and as well as him. Who got bragging rights out of those uh, meetings? You know, do you remember? Uh, I think in the season series we would have had them, but I would have to double check. Oh, that's good. That's it. I listen. I got an older brother too, so I know what it's like to be the younger brother. So that's I'm always cheering for the younger yeah. brother in in the head to heads. He also went out a little bit on the size advantage. It's he like five nine, 170 ish pounds, and you're not. Uh, I, you, you come out ahead of him that way too. Yeah, I don't really know. My both my parents aren't the tallest either, so I got pretty lucky with getting the height to there. So I'm pretty happy about that. Where's that come from then? Uh, I think my mom. Well, it's my mom's dad's brothers are pretty tall. They're like six five or six six. So okay. I think that's where I get it from. All right. Uh, now I mentioned the WHL banner draft. Take me back to that day. I know uh, a lot of guys get to stay home from school and kind of follow along on their computers or something. Other guys are at school and trying to keep up uh, with the, the draft as it unfolds on their phone or whatever. Uh, what was draft day like for you? Yeah, I know you didn't have to wait very long. Fifth overall pick. Yeah, I remember it still to this day pretty clearly. Uh, I was at school, but class hadn't started yet. It was I'm not really sure what time it would have been, but it was pretty early in the morning. And I remember just re- keep refreshing the page and over and over again. And then I saw my name pop up and it was pretty cool and pretty special. And I had a lot of friends there with me and it was a, it was a pretty exciting day for me. Yeah, chances are pretty good you're moving away from home, uh, you know, unless it's the Rebels that, that are the team that draft you. Uh, when it was branded and you know you're going to move a couple provinces away, 
uh, from home. What was uh, your f- initial reaction to that? I was really excited about it. Uh, I'd heard a lot of great things about Brandon, and obviously it's a pretty historic franchise, and there's been mm-hmm. a ton of great players who went through here, so I was very happy about that. And my uh, my 15-year-old year, I had moved away too. I was living at, in Edmonton, playing at MEX, so I was comfortable living away from the family and everything like that, so that made the transition a lot easier. Yeah, I can understand that. Tell me about your evolution as a player and sort of your how you've developed. How are you different than, you know, that bubble season? How are you a different player, Nate? Uh, I think just confidence is probably the biggest thing. Uh, not my first year, my 16-year-old year, I think I'm a lot more of a confident player. And then also I think my game is all areas of my game have grown as I've gotten bigger and stronger with my skating and my shotness and that. And I think uh, my hockey IQ is something I've always really been big on and that's sort of been one of my strengths growing up my whole life so that's obviously helped me a lot in my 16 year old year and to now but I think probably the biggest thing is just my size and strength has continued to develop. I know some sheets that I'm looking at say forward others listed as a center are you playing in the middle? Yeah I play middle and that's sort of my comfortable position. All right well a right-handed center that's uh, you know your size 6'1 and what about 185 190 pounds something like that at this point? Yep 185 around there. Pretty comfortable size for NHL scouts, uh, that's for sure. Let's talk about the draft. Uh, is it something that you think about much? I know when I have players on the show, some guys will tell me they don't want to think about it at all. They don't want it to be a distraction. Uh, there are other players who tell me they want to see you know, where Central Scouting has them ranked or TSN or Sportsnet or, or whoever, and they use that as motivation. What about for you, Nate? Uh, no, it's not really something that I think about too often. I mean, it's obviously a pretty important date and something in my hockey year, but it's not really something that I think about and I think sort of just I just try to focus on hockey and sort of let that take care of itself. All right so when Central Scouting has you as a first round pick and all these other outlets and and uh, scouting agencies everybody seems to have you as a first rounder that doesn't that doesn't maybe it's flattering but it's not the it's not the the be all end all for you? No I mean, it's obviously it's pretty cool to see yourself there, but I think also it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter where you're ranked right now, I guess. It's sort of just what happens in these next couple of months. So I think just for me, it's just focusing on myself and uh, trying to become a better hockey player and take care of business on the ice. What areas of your game do you need to work on the most, do you think, before you can have success at that next level? Uh, I think obviously to get to the next level, Strength is a big thing, so that's something that I'm consistently working on. And then I think as well, uh, I've been working on my quickness a lot, just from my first three strides as well as my my shot is something that I work on a lot. Uh, now, growing up in Red Deer, uh, kind of halfway between Edmonton and Calgary, did you have a favorite NHL team growing up? And I, I guess I shouldn't assume that it's one of those two either. You could be you could be cheering for Pittsburgh or New Jersey or something crazy like that. Uh, who was your team growing up? No, I was always an older fan. Um, I was actually born in Edmonton, so I don't know why, but I guess I just always liked <laughs> Oilers. And then uh, watching Nugent Hopkins and Red Deer and then him getting drafted to Edmonton sort of was the sealer for me, and Edmonton was always my team. Nice. Uh, I like that. Yeah, that personal connection goes a long way. Well, Nate, uh, I listen, I really appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck on this road trip and the rest of the way. Uh, this season uh, with the Brandon Weekings. I hope we can chat again. Yeah, thank you very much. That's Nate Danielson of the Brandon Weekings, who have, yeah, that's a heck of a schedule this coming weekend. They're in Calgary on Friday, Red Deer on Saturday, and up here in Edmonton on Sunday to take on the Oil Kings. And, I mean, three games in three days, all with travel. That is not an easy thing to do. And, yeah, it's not that far to go from Calgary to Red Deer. It's only an hour and hour and a half at the most. Same to Red Deer to Edmonton, but it's checking into probably into a hotel. You know, I don't I don't know how they'll handle it if they'll, you know, drive into Calgary. I know they're leaving on Thursday, so by the time you're hearing this, they'll be on the road at the very least. So wake up on Friday in Calgary, play Friday night. Do you drive to Red Deer and sleep there so that you wake up on Saturday in Red Deer and then play there, sleep in Red Deer, drive to Edmonton, and then book it back to Brandon from there? I'm not sure. That's stuff that uh, fans don't really think about, is the logistics of getting to and from games and the the wear and tear that that puts on a team. Uh, I don't like three and threes. I don't think it's good for the league. I I definitely don't think it's good for the players. 
But unfortunately, it's kind of a reality sometimes, especially in a league with the footprint, the size of the WHL. All right, another guy who's uh, playing in the WHL also coming through Edmonton this weekend. It's the first time we've seen the Prince George Cougars in Edmonton in a long time. Well, Cohen Zimmer, one of the uh, top players in the WHL uh, for the upcoming NHL draft, one of the top players for the Prince George Cougars. He joins me on the Troubled Monk Hotline next, right here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Corbett Mayo wants Corbett a blast. They score! Score! Curtis Lazar! Dip called the Corbett offering. The Oil Kings are going to the Memorial Cup Championship Final. Hey, this is Curtis Lazar, the Memorial Cup Champion on the Edmonton Oil Kings, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Sarah from Buford loves Wilhawk beef jerky. My husband is an expressive fan, prone to waving his arms about, which is unfortunate for those next to him. And the snacks. Do you know how hard it is to get salsa out of carpet? It was a miracle when I found Wilhawk beef jerky. No more crushed chips strewn about or toppled dips. A fistful of jerky can be waved about with little mess to clean up later. Thanks, Wilhawk. Wilhawk beef jerky. It's the best. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Hi, everybody. Hey, we're back for one final segment on this week's episode of the Pipeline Show. The program brought to you, of course, by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. You can get it anywhere in Western Canada, but there are three locations in the Edmonton area that you can pick it up from Spruce Grove, Leduc, and the new kiosk right in West Edmonton Mall. But they will ship it to you. Go to wilhockbeefjerky.com. Uh, my next guest is an Albertan, but he's having a heck of a year with the Prince George Cougars out of the WHL, headed to the CHL top prospect game, and uh, by everyone's account, probably a first-round pick in the upcoming NHL draft. Uh, Cohen Zemer, uh, welcome to the Pipeline Show. Cohen, great to meet you. How are things? Oh, not too bad. How are you? I'm doing well, but hey, it's not my NHL draft year, so it's a uh, a lot more exciting to talk about you right now. Uh, tell me about this season, and maybe what what were your expectations at the start of the year? Yeah, I think obviously coming into the year, I thought uh, we we're going to have a, a really good team for this uh, for this draft year for for me and uh, a couple other O fives on the team. But uh, I think going into the year, we we thought uh, very heavily of, of of a good team, hard team, working team. But uh, you know, we're we're at the halfway point this year, and and we're not in the spot we want to be. Well, and that's what I was going to go with because I, I thought you'd be higher in the standings too. Now it's really close. I mean, you're certainly in the in the mix for home ice advantage in the first round, and I'm guessing at this point that's probably the target. Uh, at the end of the regular season, you want to be in at least fourth spot. Is that correct? Yeah, I think obviously uh, it's a hard league to play in, but uh, sure. to home ice is is, is a big thing. Uh, I think uh, the way we've been playing lately, we just need to pick it up a little bit, and and we'll we'll be good here. And for yourself uh, this year, uh, did you have expectations? I don't know. Some guys are like, I want to get this many goals or this many points in a season. Are you that type of player as well? Do you set those statistical targets for yourself? Uh, A little bit of both, yes and no. I think uh, uh, coming into the year, I just want to have a good year. Obviously, it's a big year this year, but uh, Mm -hmm. I want to stay consistent with my game throughout the whole year. Well, 57 points this year, 57 points last year difference is you played a lot less games already this year so you're blowing past your numbers uh, from a season ago uh, 22 goals 35 assists right now you had 30 goals last year and that was a really good uh, rookie season for yourself I don't know do you consider last year your rookie year or uh, what about the the COVID season the bubble year is that maybe the unofficial rookie year for you yeah I think obviously it's a lot different from the bubble there's there's no travel there you're you're playing a game every second day so it's a lot different so I think, yeah, consider my uh, last year, my rookie year. All right. The, the bubble season, though, to have that 22-game experience, even though, it, as you said, no travel is is very, very unique situation uh, for that one season. But to get your taste of this level, did it set you up for last year really well? I, yeah, I think so. I think it really helps me, obviously. Obviously, the confidence in that. And and there's no playoffs, so so the coaches could – could give the younger guys more more ice time so i think it really helps with our development uh that's a great point this year uh cohen have your line mates been pretty much the same from the start of the season or has it changed a lot uh recently it's been changing me and me and heights have stayed together together for the whole year so far but we've had a couple different line mates we've clicked well with uh wheatcroft all year and then and then recently we just uh added funk on on the forward side so 
uh, he's been pretty good to play with as well. All right, Zach Funk coming over from the Calgary Hitmen in a recent trade right before the deadline. And when a, when your organization goes out and gets a guy who can probably be an impact player for you, that's probably a nice signal around the dressing room where that uh, the the organization has some belief that you guys got it going on this year. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, he's he's a great player, a great guy too. But uh, to, you're going to have to give up to get some. So obviously, we we lost a big piece in, in McAdams there to Calgary, but. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we gained a good piece back with with McAdams or uh, Funk here. Sorry, Cohen Zemer is my guest. He's a forward with the Prince George Cougars out of the WHL. And uh, what we like to do in this part of the show, Cohen, is let the audience get to know somebody that's draft eligible, like you are. Uh, and the the pipeline show is a junior and college hockey show, so my regular audience will know about you and know about the dub and all that. But there'll be a a lot of casual NHL fans who don't care about junior hockey at all. Uh, but they'll listen to this just because you're a a high, highly touted prospect for the draft. So for the benefit of those people who are listening right now, let's get some background uh, from you. First off, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Uh, I grew up uh, just outside of Edmonton, about an hour and a half, in a, in a small town called uh, Marathorp, Alberta. Well known for producing uh, rodeo cowboys. Uh, and I don't know if you were if you did a little of that uh, growing up or not, or were you always a hockey guy? Uh, I was both hockey. I did a little bit of rodeo growing up. I, uh, it was when I was younger, it was always I wanted to be a bull rider or a hockey player. So, uh, yeah, my family also, my cousins, they, they rodeo pretty hard. So it's uh, in the family for sure. Well, I know hockey players have a good reputation for being tough guys, but does it get any tougher than be- riding bulls and horses and bucking broncos and doing everything that the rodeo guys do? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think it gets any tougher than that. No, I don't think so. Uh, well, who got you into hockey? Uh, probably my parents. Uh, I think, well, obviously my whole family's uh played hockey growing up so it was it was it was right there when i was when i was born and i got into it at a very young age have you always been a forward or did you try other positions along the way uh, i've always been a forward i haven't uh tried too many positions i tried goalie once and and it was a no-go right from the start <laughs> was that one of those cases where i don't know you're really young seven or eight or something and you had to take your turn in that yeah exactly Do you, and how to go you said it you knew right away it wasn't for you would you get blown out Oh yeah, we got. I think I let in ten in the first two periods, and then <laughs> called her quits right after that. Yeah, pretty good indication that it's not for you. Well, forward seems to be working out though. Uh, take me back to the uh, the WHL Bantam Draft Day. I know you didn't have to wait long to hear your name, but uh, I'm always interested to hear what the the day was like because a lot of guys get to stay home from school. Other guys are trying to follow along on their phone or something at school. Uh, what was it like for you? I mean, you didn't have to wait long. Like I said, fourth overall pick. Yeah, I think obviously it's it's a big day for for everyone there, and and it's exciting and stressful all together. But yeah, I was at I was at my high school. Uh, my mom actually works at the high school, so I was in her office when it happened with all my friends there. So it's pretty cool. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, so you got to share it kind of with family instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It was it was really fun. Well, I know you were playing at the time. You were playing uh, what? Probably in St. Albert. Uh, I was at uh, OHA Edmonton that year. Okay, in the Academy League. Well, so, I mean, you're a Northern Alberta guy. I guess we would say Edmonton is, of the from a WHL sense, your hometown, but I know still a little bit out of out of uh, the city for sure in Marathorpe. Uh, but you know if whoever drafts you, chances are pretty good you're moving away. Uh, and when you see that it's Prince George, I mean, most Northern uh, location in the Western Hockey League, what was your initial thought? Yeah, obviously, it's, I've, I've only been there once growing up, so uh, it was going to be different, I think, but uh, I moved away from home when I was 13 and into a billet house, so I'm pretty used to that. But being uh, that far away from from my parents and all my family, it was it was kind of difficult to start. But uh, really good billet parents there, so I uh, grew into it really fast, and it was really good. For the last two years, there's been no crossover for the WHL, so the East and West conferences didn't get to play each other. You've never get got to play against Edmonton or in Edmonton, uh, and that changes this weekend when Prince George comes to town. I imagine you're going to have lots of friends and family making the trip in. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, I, have a, I have a bunch. It's obviously exciting to play in front of them and, and all my family and friends. But, uh, yeah, my mom, I think she bought 170 tickets and sold them in, in a couple weeks there a couple weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, it'll be pretty exciting. Holy cow, that, that many tickets sold. She can probably go, that whole group can probably go on the ice for the anthem. And uh, she might even be able to have somebody sing the anthem. Heck, that's a, that's a lot of tickets. Yeah, exactly. You feel the pressure playing in front of that many people? Yeah, I think it's it's exciting. Your heart gets pounding a little bit, but uh, I think overall I, I take it the right way, and, and I think I'm going to play hopefully better than uh, with a little more excitement in my game. 
All right, well, let's talk about your game. It's your NHL draft season. Obviously, the scouts are watching your club uh, very closely. You're yourself and Riley Height, uh, two highly touted prospects. But as I mentioned, 57 points this year in just 41 games so far. As we're talking right now, that'll change, uh, I'm sure, this weekend. you got a busy trip uh, through Alberta right now. But for those who haven't had a chance to watch you play, how do you describe yourself as a player? Yeah, I think I'm a, I'm a big physical power forward. Uh, i got skill, and, and I can play on both ends of the ice. Uh, uh, I take pride in my I'm in my physicality. I think it's one of the biggest uh, up points in my game. Obviously, this year's this year's draft with all five, it's a lot of skill. So I'm just trying to bring a, a different pros or a perspective on my game than everyone else. How is your your game or your playing style? Or just the evolution since you've been in the WHL. Where what areas of your game do you think have changed the most since you first uh, put on a, a Cougars jersey? Yeah, I think just my grittiness in in the game. Uh, either chirping or hitting or, or in the corners uh just working but uh yeah i think that's that's changed the most in my game chirping and hitting is that uh, you like to get under the skin of the opposition are you kind of a, a pain in the ass player to play against yeah i try to be i try to make it hard for, for the other team obviously but i know i don't like uh when, when people are trying to get under my skin so i, I try to do it to other people uh, i see that makes sense uh, all right, well, I asked you how your game's evolved to this point. Where do you need to take your game before you're ready for that next level? What areas of your game are you still trying to, to fine-tune the most? Yeah, I think just obviously with patience with the puck. I think uh, there's uh, some times where uh, I just throw it around. I'm not uh, I'm not patient enough with it. And then obviously skating's a big part of uh, of uh, hockey now. So I think that's one place where every every player can improve a lot of players will tell me they try not to think about the nhl draft uh, because they don't want it to be a distraction there are other players who tell me they want to know where you know bob mckenzie has them ranked or, or craig button or sam cosentino or central scouting whoever it is because they use that as motivation what about for you yeah i think obviously with with social media now you're going to see everything so uh i see everything but I, I just try not to let it get to me i i think uh Whatever I get, it's what I what I deserve. Uh, it's what I put into the season and, and what I do. It's not uh, what any, anyone else thinks. It's what the what what the skeleton, what the team needs. That's going to draft you. Now everybody wants to be a first round pick. If you're not, what's your reaction to that? Yeah, I think it's it's honestly it's whatever. I think anyone has the same opportunity if you're first or seventh round. So even even undrafted guys, there's a lot of a lot of good uh, undrafted NHL picks playing in the or playing in the NHL now so it's uh it's just what you, what work you put in to, to get there Cohen you got the big CHL top prospect game coming up an opportunity like that I mean you're not a, it's not uh, unusual for you to be playing in front of a bunch of scouts because of uh, it uh where you are and uh the the big season that you're having but uh to be in a showcase event like that does it add any extra pressure or what does it mean to you to, to get to play in an event like this yeah it'll be pretty cool to see uh see how I match up against all these other 05s that uh, from the O and the Q that I've never seen before. Uh, yeah, it'll be pretty cool Cool to play with all the top prospects in, in the country. Well, being a Northern Edmonton guy, I don't want to assume that you're a Northern Alberta guy, rather. Uh, I don't want to assume that the Edmonton Oilers were your team growing up. You could be cheering for somebody else behind enemy lines or, or some uh, a team really far away. Uh, what was your club growing up? Uh, I was always a Penguins fan. Uh, Penguins and Oilers were, were my two teams I like to cheer for. Obviously, a Crosby fan growing up. I see. Uh, and so when the, the Penguins would come to town, did you get to go to watch uh, any games? Yeah, usually, I, actually, every Christmas, uh, my present, my big present would be uh, Oilers Penguins tickets. Nice. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool watching those two play. Well, Cohen, listen, I really appreciate uh, you being available. I enjoyed the conversation a lot. Best of luck the rest of the way this season with the Cougars and whatever happens in the draft. Uh, I hope we can chat again. Perfect. Thanks for having me. There's Cohen Zemer from the Prince George Cougars having a heck of a season. He and Riley Height just neck and neck uh, for the lead in uh, team scoring for the Prince George Cougars. Uh, but Zemer having a terrific season and uh, really looking forward to that team coming to Edmonton this weekend because we haven't seen them forever. I haven't had a chance to watch uh, Height and Zemer or guys like Ethan Sampson uh, with my own eyes at all in their WHL career. So it's uh, it's well overdue and uh, glad that that's going to change this weekend. All right, well, that will do it for this week's show, though. Next week on the program, uh, more of the same as we're going to continue uh, getting to know guys who are draft eligible this year. Now the CHL Top Prospect game goes on the 25th 
uh, and because of travel and things like that, probably won't have somebody that's playing in that game. Uh, but so maybe we'll talk to uh, I don't know a college guy or a USHL guy or a North American Hockey League guy or a CJHL guy who is draft eligible. Media guests that cover maybe somebody that is going to the uh, top prospect game, perhaps a scout. Lots of things that we can do here on the Pipeline Show, and we will uh, do that. As you know, if you're a longtime listener. Quick uh, shout out for everyone who has been signing up to be a patron at patreon.com slash the pipeline show. A couple of bucks a month uh, is what it costs. You can get early access to all the interviews that you hear on a full episode of the show. It's even less than that if you sign up for an annual subscription. It'd be like 20 bucks a year or 21 bucks a year or something like that. It's all done uh, securely, automatically on a credit card. I don't see those uh, credit card numbers or anything like that. It's all securely done. Really convenient for everybody involved and a much appreciated assistance uh, to keeping the show going. So I appreciate all the patrons. And if you're a newcomer to the program, let me know where you're listening from. Uh, always interested to hear how people heard about the show and uh, why they decided to give it a try. So let me know. You can follow me on Twitter at TPS underscore Gee. All right, between now and next week, get out and watch some junior or college hockey so that we can talk about it right here on The Pipeline Show. Brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. My name is Keith Flaming. See ya.